So tonight, as we look at orphans, there's one thing that I would like to just mention to you from the book of James. James was a doer. If you've read the book of James, you will recognize that James did not mix words. He came right at us pretty bold with, uh, with faith and works and uh, what's alive and what's dead. And we do know that faith brings or action brings faith alive. And uh, that was James's motto. And he tells us something about religion. And this is the kind of religion that God likes. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. And whenever you hear the word is this, I'm assuming our ears perk up a little bit to say, what is this? This is to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So tonight, we want to stress and we want to focus on orphans and the, the number of orphans there are in the world. And here's the challenge for all of us. You can't fix the world's problems, but you can do your part by being available to do what the Lord is asking you to do. And we all can have a part in this. You may not be able to adopt. You may not be able to foster. You may not be a foster parent. But we all have a lot of resources at our, at our choosing to do with what we should do with. And so I would challenge you tonight as you listen to the, Moses, the story of Moses that you would allow your heart to be challenged by what the Lord may be asking you and us to do in our community to help the orphans within our community and certainly throughout the world. So at this time, I'd like to bring up Tony and uh, introduce Tony, and, uh, and she'll introduce her husband and Moses, and uh, we're just really pleased to have her. So would you welcome Tony to us with us tonight? Amen. Thank you. I want to thank you for coming out on this absolutely beautiful Sunday night. Most of us would rather be sitting at the lake or something, but um, I hope you're blessed by this. Uh, this is Rick and Moses and uh, Mrs. Way, who I'll be telling you how she's his one-on-one pair. I'd like to begin with the same prayer that uh, I prayed this morning before beginning. Spirit, lead us where our trust is without borders. Let us walk upon the waters wherever you would call us. Take us deeper than our feet could ever wander, and our faith will be made stronger in the presence of our Savior. With this Orphan Sunday service, we are joining others in the attempt to open all of our eyes to the Father's call to defend the fatherless from Psalm 82, give justice to the weak and the orphan, maintain the right of the lowly and the destitute, rescue the weak and the needy. God tells us, whatsoever we do to the least among us, that we do unto him. We can think we're too old, that we can't do it, and that this is our time. And we can think we're too young and inexperienced, but we need to require more of ourselves. God has equipped us. And the good news is there isn't just one way. There are so many ways to help and defend the most vulnerable among us. There are many organizations where you can adopt via support just a child. There are just so many ways. This is the story of one orphan, our son now, Moses. We just saw the staggering number in this world this day. Born in Guatemala, whose mother left him at birth, laying next to a river in a very rural part of Guatemala, 
with very little chance of being found. This precious little one laid there naked, alone, in this hot, dangerous rainforest area for two full days before God's amazing grace and plan miraculously did save him when he was found by local farmers. They brought him to a hospital and from there to an orphanage. Because of his beginning, they gave this little one the very fitting name of Moses. They first thought he was blind because his eyes darted and looked funny. His legs were really messed up and he couldn't use his left hand. As time went on, no one knew how to feed him due to his inability to have proper mouth closure. Like so many orphanages, there simply was never enough help or resources. So Moses spent most of his days laying on his back in a crib with very little uh, stimulation or toys. God had blessed me with three beautiful biological children. When our oldest child and son Ricky graduated college with a ministry degree, he told us his plan was to do mission work and was called to be the first director of a newer orphanage in Guatemala. <clears throat> Getting over a cold, so. Now God had given me a heart that overflowed with compassion, and I wanted my son to follow God's call on his life. But in my flesh, I felt, okay, there are lots of great and deserving ministries and mission work right here in the U.S., safer, closer. I had a good talk with God about that one. Okay, God, I sent not only my first son, but my two daughters to the largest Christian university, 13 hours away from home, from us. They all have your beautiful heart and their identity firmly planted in you. Isn't that enough? Now you want to send my only son to a country I know nothing about that has so many dangers and so very far away. Why, God, why, I cried out. I miss my children dearly. I want them closer. Haven't I sacrificed enough? Oh, how our flesh can speak. Then, in obedience and following our son's lead, we helped Ricky and his new wife prepare. Shedding so many tears and with a heart that felt broken, we said our goodbyes as they flew off at the tender age of 23. Don't get us wrong. We were so proud of them, but at times the fear and loneliness of not having them closer felt unbearable. <clears throat> there were never... There were many trials for them and us as parents. The orphanage sat on top of a mountain in a really rural part of this country. They, like the orphans, lived mostly on beans and rice. All supplies and funding were very minimal. There was no medical care or insurance. Difficulties abound. Drug lords, corruption, snakes, scorpions, and all the dangers of living in a third world country and rural rainforest area. With money being very tight, there were no scheduled trips home. And then God would comfort through his word. For you are God's own handiwork, recreated in Christ that you may do the good works that God predestined from Ephesians. And say to them, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace from Numbers and so many other verses. Phone conversations were hard. 
We'd have to find stores that sold special calling cards that would work in Guatemala. It was costly and poor connections. <clears throat> they would need these conversations as much as us. Emails were even more unreliable, but we gave it our best. Then came the first video they were able to send us. There was Ricky and his wife, Virginia, walking with and serving God's most precious, most vulnerable, the orphans in this poverty-stricken nation. My son once told me, Mom, this is you. This is your heart going there as well. And my mother's heart swelled with pride for this son and daughter-in-law. After seeing the video, my tears were a mixture of missing them and the joy that only serving God brings. Obedience to his call and will is so very hard, but so very rewarding in non-material ways and ways that you know and feel in the deepest recesses of your spirit. That is the gift of this thing called joy. Happiness to me is a fleeting thing, but only God, through the things that come from him, the eternal things, bring us joy. Many times I've spoken to people who are going through rough times and hardships and feeling down, and I always ask them, do you have joy in your life? And they stop for a moment, and then they typically say, yes, my children, my grandchildren, marriages, or ministries, not their houses or cars. Oh, yes, that is joy, the things that serve God, the eternal things. <clears throat> when Ricky got to this new orphanage, there were 23 children in all. When he left three years later, there were close to 90. This ministry from God is now reaching throughout Guatemala and with a much-needed, beautiful hospital being built on the grounds in this remote area, only because of the support of people like you and I. Oh, obedience and God, how they can work. The very first baby not child, but infant, brought to this orphanage was Moses. I had heard countless stories of this baby named Moses from my son and his wife. I had such a pull on my heart for this child with such a lonely, sad start in life, no family, great physical difficulties, no medical care available, unable to eat or move normally. Oh, how my heart hurt. Then I watched this first video and there was Ricky walking amongst the babies in this sparse nursery room. And one baby stood out to me most. Why? They were all so beautiful. But I was drawn to one. I just knew in my soul that this was the baby Moses. And from that moment on, our life changed forever. For God spoke to me in the pit of my soul and clearly said, This is the child I always told you about. This is to be your son. The backstory to God speaking this to me is that when I was very, very young, around the age of 10, I felt so strongly that he was telling me I would adopt one day. I always felt I would also birth children, but I would adopt. I was now 48 years old, and our youngest was almost through college. So now we learn that God does have a sense of humor, and he always has a plan. This was God speaking to me, and I knew it, I believed it. But that flesh thing made me say, really, God, really, are you sure? 
like God doesn't know what he's doing. Rick had had some serious health issues. He was a corporate pilot for Chrysler, and the major corporation had closed his department. He had <clears throat> his career had changed, finances were tight, and we were not young. I also knew this would shock a lot of people, and many would say it was an empty nest thing. So I did what I knew to do, and I prayed. God, God said, share this with your husband. I did, and he saw something in me, remembered what I had told him, and he said, if you think this is right, let's go. I then placed it with trusted friends and prayer groups, and God only cemented the answer more. This is my will. Trust in me with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So in faith and love, we began the long, unsure, difficult process of adopting from this country that had a bad adoption record. And God would whisper at the most dire times from his word, but I will give you victory over your enemies, and you will praise my name forever from Psalms. And again, many verses. My daughter-in-law was raised in the States, but is Guatemalan. Her uncle began this ministry. She knew this country, and she began the uncertain process that had no process, just an at-will procedure from, Guatemala, from the Guatemala peace to this adoption. In order to save money, <clears throat> and while working for our local high school, I did the endless U.S. paperwork and filings that adoption agencies typically do. Every single piece of documentation has to be notarized and then sent to the Great Seal of Michigan for a special seal, all at a cost and, most importantly, all very time-consuming. This uphill battle was in so many ways against all odds. Guatemala adoptions were shut down completely shortly after this because it was recognized that too many adoptions were so corrupt that the Hague Treaty went into effect and Guatemala is one of the countries that won't follow the needed guidelines. So believe me when I tell you this was all God's hand and his perfect timing. From time to time, Rick would ask, now how are we going to pay for this? And I'd remind him that we're God-guided. He always provided, and he did just that. As every payment came due to the Guatemala lawyer, God would open a door. Toward the end of piles of paperwork and filings, <clears throat> and many payments sent to the Guatemala lawyer, and at a time I'd previous, previously been told we'd met the financial piece to this adoption, I was then told the Guatemala lawyer was insisting on another $6,500. Within a month's notice, or everything filed and done at that point would be void, and we'd have to start this process over again. Moses was nearing the age of three. He'd had no diagnosis, medical care, or treatment. There were never enough workers to properly attend to the children or his special needs, and he was still surviving on powdered milk. Yet somehow, in the, with this terrible news and totally feeling there simply was no more money, I had a calm, a peace within me. I was working in a position I'd held for many years as a community service organizer and coordinator of a student mentoring program for our local high school. In this position, I had strong connections with my high school students. Together, we served throughout our community and with every service club. A couple days after this news, 
a Lions Club member I knew well, walked into my office and told me he and my students wanted to do a fundraiser to help bring Moses home. They had no idea <coughs> of this current news or this urgent timetable. When they learned, they simply said, okay, we can do this. They published Moses' story in local papers. They went throughout our community pre-selling tickets to a special dinner and the raffles they were planning. The Lions Club hosted the event. All this was done in a three-week time span. At first, I didn't want Moses' story out there. <clears throat> I thought I would be exploiting him. However, God told me, this is who he is. This is who I created him to be, and I want his story told. Everyone has special days in their lives. This was one to remember. The community we had lived, worked in, and served for 25-plus years came out in force. Former teachers, churches, neighbors, family, friends, and most special to me, the students I'd worked with and loved came, even those from college and years past. And they made desserts, parked cars, ran the raffles, and served the food. In the middle of this God-blessed evening, Rick and I were pulled up to the front and were given an envelope. One of my students had come in, handed the volunteer the envelope, and said they were sorry they couldn't stay and work, but the family wanted to contribute something. When this envelope was opened, it was a check for the entire $6,500. That night netted double our financial need. My pastor's wife had told me, God clearly sent your first son to find your second son. We were so hoping to have Moses home for Christmas that year. We had everything ready. When that didn't happen, I left the tree up and the gifts under it. It was artificial. <laughs> Moses did come home to enjoy that tree in mid-February of 2005. Rick and I were able to bring every worker at the orphanage some gifts and treats. <clears throat> we were able to bring snacks, T-shirts, dress shirts, a hat, and some toys to every orphan at Hope of Life, as well as a pizza night and some ice cream. We learned that those that have the least appreciate the most. Another of interest note to this story is that a few months into our plan for adopting Moses, our son and daughter-in-law received a newborn at the orphanage who had been dropped in the dumpster. Seeing this, a taxi driver retrieved the baby and brought her to a hospital where she was then delivered to the orphanage. Being so new and small, Ricky and Virginia took her up <coughs> to their home at the orphanage and then couldn't let her go. So we learned that God also planned for our first grandchild to come from this orphanage as well. So while I was doing the U.S. paperwork, I was also doing the U.S. side to their adoption. And that extra money from the fundraiser was tithed to bring our sweet granddaughter, Wesley, home. Another smaller miracle to this Though I couldn't wait to meet Moses and our soon-to-be granddaughter and see Ricky and Virginia and all those beautiful children, it remained true that I am terrified of spiders and bugs, and I thought I probably wouldn't be able to make it knowing all the things that were crawling around in that country. But, oh, God is good, because though I knew they were all around me, he protected me from seeing any. I was sharing my fears with a neighbor before leaving. 
and telling him how Ricky had always told us that the frogs were huge in that country and that a frog would not fit in a paint can. And my neighbor, being really nice, reminded me, you do know what frogs eat, don't you? (laughs) Trying to alleviate my fears, right? We had two amazing weeks to experience Guatemala. Our son in Virginia met us at the airport in Guatemala City, holding Wesley and our dear little Moses. Oh, Moses so looked the part of an orphan. He was full of scabs, had a rash on his hairline, and fungus on his ear that took about two weeks to go away. His oversized shorts hung on his toothpick legs, and he was wearing these little black shoes. My kids always teased me that they thought I would go real Pentecostal on them, but I just held out my arms and held my son for the first time. Through this long process, my prayer every day had been, God, please let Moses know he has a mom and dad coming for him. I would send tapes of my voice and tell him that. And I know God honored that prayer. For most experts will tell you, if a child has not bonded by the age of three, they almost always have failure to thrive and can't bond. But Moses so knew his mummy from that very first embrace. He lit up and has been shining ever since. The orphanage only had a couple shower stalls, and the water literally dripped out, and often little frogs would come with it. We stayed in Guatemala City a couple nights, and Moses got his first bath ever at the age of three. When the day did come to leave and go home, there was such such a mixture of feelings. We were forever changed at seeing all the stunning beauty of this country, surrounded by the stark poverty and all the abandoned children working and living in the streets and orphanages. It was also so very hard to leave our son and his new family, but the excitement, relief, and anticipation of finally bringing Moses home was also overwhelming and so exciting. I put some numbers together, and Moses laid in that crib for roughly 1,100 days, roughly 27,000 hours, You and I get so bored if we have a couple days shut away with nothing to do, or a week, or a month. When we got Moses home at the age of three years, two months old, he could not sit up, roll over, or speak. Laying flat on his stomach, he could manage to pull himself a few feet in an army-like style. Perhaps hardest to believe of all was that Moses had never eaten a bite of food. He was still somehow surviving on that powdered milk. From my experience with children, I figured Moses' special need was going to be cerebral palsy, and that is his diagnosis. Within two weeks of being home, Moses was able to sit up with some propping. He had found a way to do a bunny hop crawl and was getting all over the so he could explore everything around him. We began the long process to teach him to eat, just like you would a baby. With cerebral palsy and no therapies or help for three years, Moses still needs food cut up very small and has the lip closure issues, so you will see drooling. <clears throat> it was about two years for me to teach him to use a sippy cup and about three years for him to learn and be able to climb up to a couch or his bed. He continues to amaze us. Moses has always had the best disposition and so much determination. 
He loves to build and loved and learned every interactive toy I could find him. Everything is ten times harder for him than us, and yet you almost never hear grumbling. Oh, what constant lessons for us all. Jumping forward to today, when Moses left his former school in late November of just 2012, he had always been placed in a self-contained special need classroom. I had struggled for five years bringing in every interactive toy I could to show the teachers and administrators Moses' potential and capability and was always how he could use a keyboard and always felt it was all falling on deaf ears. I had seen how much Moses watched other children and his determination to find a way to do everything they were doing. I had raised three children and worked with children all my life, and I can tell you Moses has been the most eager learner I've ever been around. I wanted Moses to have the opportunities other children were given and for him to experience an education alongside of his peers. I'm a strong advocate of inclusion when it's appropriate. Prior to Moses starting school in Charlevoix this last January, his schooling had been so frustrating to me. Moses has always been <clears throat> able to charm everyone with his personality and demeanor. He was bringing home notes several times a week. Large letters are highlighted. Huge tantrum, 20-minute tantrum, three tantrums today. And if this was happening, it was because he was so bored. He was coming home with wet pants and food on his face and clothes. It is so important to help those that aren't able to themselves keep their dignity. In countless meetings, I had shared what Moses was learning and doing at home. A full year after I'd shared that Moses was writing short sentences, like, I want to eat, I want TV. I'd hear in meetings, Moses, can write eat? God's timing again would be made clear. We were planning on moving to Charlevoix in the spring of this year. Then I believed I had landed an exciting job here, and so I gave notice at our home and this Connecticut job. And when we got here, the job had fallen through. Then Moses was given Pastor May, Pastor Way's wife, Chris Way, as his one-on-one -on -one parent in the Charlevoix schools. Chris had just finished up a long-term sub-job as a gym teacher, and she was also wondering what next. Coincidence? Chris is a coach and out-of-work gym teacher who loves physical activity. She often rides by our house on her bike or is walking. She's constantly active. We have laughed together as this very physical, non-tech-savvy woman is now working with a young man in a wheelchair whose communication and education will involve so much iPad and tech-savvy equipment. But oh, how Mosey Boy won her over. I told you that God has a sense of humor and a plan. Like us, Chris never would have expected this, yet she will tell you it's been one of the most exciting and rewarding experiences yet. Moses continues to surprise us all with his will and determination and quick ability to learn. I needed and wanted the Shalavoy job, but God knew he was bringing us here for a much bigger purpose. With Moses' cerebral palsy, he requires a good amount of processing time. And some would ask, what is that? That means our brain hears things and we, we 
we react immediately. When Moses hears, it takes him a few more seconds. It's kind of like this. If we say to him, Moses, let's color. And then in our fast-paced world, come on, Moses, let's color. Moses, let's color. But if we would just say it once and give him them few seconds, he would process it, he'd pick up the color, and he'd color. So I want you to know that he does hear and he does get it. Moses has overcome so many odds. He is determined to learn everything he can, just like you and I. He is so loving. When I came home from work in Connecticut, he would beat me home by a few minutes on his bus, and he'd point like this to his dad, indicating, put me on the front steps. He'd watch for my car coming. He'd see it a couple blocks away, and he'd start his happy rocking and squealing. I'm a pillow hugger. Moses will run. Well, it's his crawl, but I call it his run, to get me a pillow. And he'll throw it and crawl and throw it and crawl until he gets to my chair. And then he'll give it a big heave up on my chair. And he'll look at me as if to say, now rest now, Mama. In Connecticut, he he had a blind student that sat next to him. And when Moses realized his situation, he would turn his pages at circle time. Mrs. Way and the school nurse... Christy still changed Moses for me. And when you're changing him, he realizes that you're doing something big for him, and he will pat them on the back. When a baby cries, he's the first to help and comfort them. Would I ever have expected to adopt a child at the age of 50? Never. But I can now look back and see so much of this plan of God's. When my three children were in grade school, I met a friend <clears throat> whose son had cerebral palsy. My son suffered, my, my friend suffered terrible depression, attempted suicide a few times. And so I offered to take Jeffrey on and off the bus while the dad was working until he could get home. I see this little Jeffrey in so many of Moses' mannerisms. I worked within our high school, and one of, our focus, one of my focuses was planning events that would truly include the special need population. And over those 11 years, I formed so many awesome relationships and learned so much from students with spina bifida, cerebral palsy, MR, and more. Most recently, while living in Connecticut, I co-directed and was responsible for developing a program to teach daily living and vocational skills and help build confidence to 18-plus-year-old special-need young adults. In that position, I learned all about the PPT and IEP process of special education programs and everything necessary to help young special-need adults get set up for a successful adulthood. Some have said, why would God choose someone so old? I now know as a seasoned parent of three, he had already given me a parent's wisdom. At this age, I didn't have the desire to get out and have fun like young adults do. And in and through all the above, he was preparing and equipping me to raise this special child. Oh, yes, God has a plan. The video we're going to show you in just a couple minutes is a visual miracle. What a school system that listens and dedicated staff mean to a child. 
Moses now has the very best teachers, principal, and one-on-one teacher para. This video was not staged. It was done by Aubrey Way. When Moses had only been in the Charlevoix schools and using an iPad for three short months. It is small clips of Moses' day and how ready, how eager he was to learn and be a real part of a school population and also the terrific education welcome the staff and students have given us. I want to point out to you that one of Moses' best friends and somebody that is so special and sweet to us came tonight, Elizabeth. Moses writes about her all the time. At Moses' first PPT meeting with all his teachers, therapists, and administrators in attendance, Moses' regular education teacher said, I want to begin by telling you my classroom has changed. My students are kinder, much more compassionate, and patient with each other. And I credit Moses for that. Oh, the wisdom in that statement. Before we begin this video, which we'll do any minute, Larry, Um, I'd like to mention Moses loves praise music, insists we play it in the car. He has a couple favorites, and one is God of the Redeemed. Moses, being basically nonverbal, hums to praise music. It's like like music from heaven. He learned somehow, we still don't know how, to download his favorite song, God of the Redeemed, on his iPad. We're going to play it in this video of his school day and I want you to hear the second verse says orphans no longer we belong to you father love has come orphans no longer brought into your light and freedom by I want you to think of this. God spoke to a young girl, telling her she would adopt one day. Decades go by. She's now 50. A Guatemala baby is born and abandoned next to a river. Remember, God tells us that he knew us before he knit us in our mother's womb. God then sends her 23-year-old son to a country she and him had never really ever thought of some 2,000 miles from their home. But not before he took years offering her countless experiences to equip her for this plan he had laid out. And why not, I ask you, we are God's workmanship, just like those we read about in his word. On this Orphan Sunday, I ask, how has God been equipping you? If he calls you to adopt, or take on foster children, it's a beautiful thing. But please don't think that's the only way you can help. The huge number of orphans and those in need we saw in the YouTube clip that are in need this day. If you are financially blessed, there are so many ways you can help. 
You can support children or an orphanage or an adoptive family or someone trying to adopt. Do you have time on your hands to offer respite care, a meal or a helps blessing to an adoptive family? Can you participate in and support a mission trip? And your prayers are so powerful and so needed for each one of these thousands upon thousands of children. We as God's people simply can't ignore this urgent and great need. Isaiah 117 commands us to defend the fatherless. We were 50 and 51 when we brought Moses home. In our flesh, we can think, I don't have the ability. But as our Pastor Mike will often tell us, God only seeks your availability. When so often we hear, Moses is so lucky, but oh, how we know how Moses has blessed our life and that of our family in ways I simply can't describe. Our son has now adopted. Our daughter plans to. Several of my former students have adopted or plan on it. Our grandchildren have an abundance of compassion. And speaking to the grandparents out there, when your grandchildren walk in your home, they kind of walk in like this, don't they? Like, I'm here, I own the place. <laughs> and Rick brings Mosey in off the bus most days, as he's we and I'm waiting inside, and as he's wheeled in, he calls out, And to be able to give that one orphan, that child, that kind of confidence, security, and unconditional love has truly been one of the great privileges and joys of our life. I want to thank you for coming out tonight. I hope this blesses you and be a blessing. Thank you. Pilgrims on the journey of this narrow road, and those who've gone before us line the way, cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary. The lives of testament, testament to God's sustaining grace. Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race.
much for uh, putting that together and taking the time to uh, um, share that with us and it was so meaningful and uh, I'm glad I heard it the second time uh, there's a lot I picked up after uh, after I listened to, to it so much more you know one thing I picked up out of this and, and is that really there, there's two issues that Rick and Tony are dealing with they have an adoption but then they have a special needs and uh, those are two special things that, that they've taken on so I just hope that that encourages you. I hope that challenges you. It challenges me to see what I can do more. And, uh, and I hope it does you as well. So would you stand with me tonight? And I'd like to end tonight by praying that we all would find the challenge that Christ has for us. And that how we can then take a look at the world around us and say, what can I do better? What, what, what one more thing can I do? Not to overtax people. But, you know, there is so much that we have that we can offer to others that are less fortunate than us. And I, I, I would like you also to just extend a hand when you see a parents like Rick and Tony that have gone above and beyond to maybe pat them on the back. Maybe you have a little gift you'd like to give them. And just say, hey, thank you. Thank you for all the things that you've done and uh, for those that are helping those others. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with people that are willing to step out and go beyond. Lord, I pray that we would all see that challenge in our life. God, that we all have things that we can do, Lord, that we need to share of the abundance that you've blessed us with. So, God, I pray that you would give us the proper challenge, that we then could step out and do the things that would maybe make us a little uncomfortable. Maybe move us out of our comfort zone just a little bit, Lord, that we can help others and that we can bless those that are less fortunate than us. So, God, I pray that we would be challenged, and I pray that you would bless those that have. God, we love you, and we thank you, and we're so uh, appreciative of all that you have given us. Lord, I pray for little Moses. I pray, God, that you would just bless him. I guess that you would just uh, give him health and strength, Lord, and just uh, continue to heal his little body. Lord, that he would be able to break out of that shell that's captivating him. Lord, that we know that there's going to come a day soon, Lord, when he sees you face to face, that he will be a perfect little boy. God, but until that time, would you be gracious? And would you bring healing in his body? And Lord, for all those others that are in the same situation, 
we ask that you be blessed. Bless them, we pray. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen.